phosphine. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story is animal news. This is from the New York Times. How ultra black fish disappear in the deepest seas. Whoa. Ultra black. Are they painted with special paint? <laughs> yes. Okay. That's a secret. I guess we can just skip the article. What's your first story? <laughs> <laughs> Darn it, I guess. No, I- actually, there's a, there is a scientific explanation for it. Okay. Uh, so a biologist at Duke University named Alexander Davis staked part of his PhD on finding some of the world's best camouflaged camouflaged fish in the ocean's deepest depths, which have evolved the ability to absorb more than 99.9% of the light that hits them. Wow. Which is most of it. That's... They're invisible. Basically. (laughs) Uh, So, Davis said... (laughs) This is funny to me. Davis said he relied largely on luck. We basically just drop nets and see what we get. (laughs) You never know what you're going to pull up. So, uh, I don't know if that's the scientific method or not, but anyway, it seems to work for them. Um, In a paper published in Current Biology, they report snaring the first documented ultra-black animals in the ocean and some of the darkest creatures ever found. Sixteen types of deep-sea fish that are so black they manifest themselves as permanent silhouettes. Uh, And the New York Times got a little uh, poetic here. Light-devouring voids that almost seem to shred the fabric of space-time. <laughs> okay, let's cal- all right. Calm let's, down. let's calm down a little let's bit. Calm let's down. calm down. They're, they're really blackfish. Uh, to qualify as ultra-black, a substance has to reflect less than 0.5% of the light that hits it. There are some birds that manage this, uh, some butterflies, and some spiders. Uh, but humans have them all beat with synthetic materials, some of which reflect only 0.045% of incoming light. So that's like that ultra-black paint and stuff that we've talked about before. However, one species profiled in the paper, a bioluminescent anglerfish, reflects as little as 0.044 to 0.051% of the deep-sea light that it encounters. So it's potentially slightly less light getting reflected than even the deepest dark substance that we've been able to create. Um, the other 99.95% gets lost in a labyrinth of light-swallowing pigments until it effectively disappears. Okay. Yeah. So they're invisible. Sort of. Yeah, basically. <laughs> no, I know that that's not they, technically yeah, correct. Yeah, they, but... they would, in uh, outside of the water, they would appear as... Like, you just wouldn't be able to really see any detail on them. They would just, just look, look black. Like, a, like an empty right? hole in space, essentially, but black. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, this, this, this quote, I don't actually even know why they decided to include it in here, but it makes me laugh. Uh, Corey Evans, a fish biologist at Rice University who wasn't involved in this study, <laughs> said the following... <laughs> I'm always arguing with bird people on the internet. I say, I bet these deep sea fish are as dark as your birds of paradise. And then boom, they checked. And that was exactly the case. <laughs> Thanks, Corey. <laughs> like, Just a random boom, fish biologist. They boom, they checked and I was right. Yeah, I guess maybe there aren't that many fish biologists. So that's, oh, maybe. That's who they ended up with. Anyway, how this works. 
Uh, like many other animals, including humans, fish pigment their skin with melanin, a light-absorbing compound stored in microscopic compartments called uh, melanosomes. Melan melanosome? Melanosomes. That sounds more right. Uh, typic uh, Normal-colored normal fish scatter these pockets of pigment into a sparse, even layer held up by a, a protein called collagen. So kind of like it's suspended in their skin, and then they have their different colors depending on the amounts, I assume, hmm. or something like that. I don't fully know. Uh, any light that hits the melanin head-on is gobbled up, while light that misses the mark ricochets back towards the viewer. So that's why you are able to see them. Okay. Uh, to maintain their stealth, these ultra-black fishes have less collagen, which allows them to pack their uh, melanosomes together. Uh, when light contacts these tightly packed compartments, what's not absorbed is deflected sideways directly into another melanosome. So basically it hits it and is just ends up getting deflected into another one until it eventually hits one directly, except in that like 0.05% or yeah. yeah, that case where hmm. it does actually get reflected, but... Um, Basically, that is the so secret is that fascinating. yeah, just these compartments are really just tightly packed on them. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh. I thought that was kind of cool. So, have you seen? No, you you probably haven't. But um, the new Invisible Man movie. Nope. No, right? Because you you don't like I don't like scary movies. Scary movies. Well, I don't think this is a spoiler, but this just reminded me of in that movie. Part of the whole plot is like the Invisible Man has a suit. That he puts on that makes him invisible. Oh, okay. And, like, I'm just thinking, like, couldn't they just make a synthetic version of this, these cells or whatever, and make, like, a suit, and then you could be invisible at night or something? Like, you would just look black. Well, you wouldn't be see-through, you know, because that's, like, impossible. But, like, right. you could be not... Well, we have the paint, though, right? Couldn't we just use oh, that? Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I don't know why. <laughs> I forgot about the paint already. We have the paint. Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone ever tried just making a suit of that paint and seeing like if I'm not sure you disappear like at night or just paint yourself? Or has get, anyone tried painting themselves? <laughs> has anyone tried ink? just tattooing their whole body in Vanta Black? Yeah. Because that would be interesting as a scientific experiment on some like what? no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just was like, oh, what what could we what technology could we make with this knowledge that we have now? That's where my mind went. Yeah, I'm not really sure though. The only thing I could think of was a suit. A I don't suit. know what <laughs> to, to, to look really weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my first story is also animal news. Okay, this is from abcnews.com and the headline is Perfectly preserved Ice Age cave bear found in Arctic Russia. Cave bear. A cave bear. I don't know if we've talked about cave bears before. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked about that particular category of bears. <laughs> Prehistoric cave bears? Yeah. 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 So, reindeer herders in the Russian Arctic archipelago, or in a Russian Arctic archipelago, that's kind of a tongue twister to say, have found an immaculately preserved carcass of an Ice Age cave bear. Um, researchers said on Monday. The find uh, revealed by the melting permafrost was discovered, um, well, I said this, by reindeer herders on the Lyakovsky Islands with its teeth and even its nose intact. Oh, wow. So The it, nose especially. That's yeah. That's like a soft material. Exactly. Like all of this soft tissue on this bear is 
preserved. Tissue, that's the word I want. Tissue, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the material. The soft tissue, yes. <laughs> the soft tissue is, preser- is all preserved, which they've never found that before. They've only ever found bones. Um, so this is a groundbreaking study, basically. And these bears became extinct 15,000 years ago. So I think they're, the bones even are a pretty rare find. So finding this, you know, like the body of one, like with everything, is, yeah. is really a big deal in the scientific community. In a statement issued by the university um, that, that did the study, researcher Lena uh, Grigorieva emphasized that this is the first and only find of its kind, um, and it is completely preserved with all internal organs in place, including the nose, which I mentioned earlier. So it's well, super cool. The nose isn't an internal organ. Is that what they said? They did, but I think they meant <laughs> <laughs> they meant just like all the soft tissues. Gotcha. I don't know. This is from Russia, so maybe there was a translation. Or it's thing. a cave I bear that I, maybe they have noses on the inside. <laughs> maybe, the, maybe part of the nose goes inside, and so maybe that counts. Yeah, yeah, maybe it counts. The, na- the nasal cavity is yeah, intact. Right, I'll give them that. Um, a preliminary analysis has indicated that this adult bear lived somewhere between twenty-two thousand and thirty-nine thousand five hundred years ago. So it's a long time. Um, and the, artis- the article also noted that recent years have seen major discoveries of mammoths, woolly rhinos, ice age foal, which I actually don't really know what that is, like horses maybe? Like F-O-A-L? Yeah. That's a baby horse. Yeah, that's what I thought. Were those around in the ice age? That's what this said. <laughs> yeah, I think there were like big horses oh. back then. There was like big. Was everything the, was just big. All the like mammals, the mammals we just had them, they were just big. Okay, well they found ice age Horses, okay, uh, puppies, and cave lion cubs as the permafrost melts across vast areas in Russia's region um, of Siberia. So basically, like, because of, you know, like, climate change is happening, stuff melting. But that's actually, like, they're finding, like, carcasses of, like, prehistoric animals. And it's, like, this weird, maybe kind of a benefit of that happening. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's cool like, science, but is it worth it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that that is true, but it's like, hey, at least this is something. At least there's something. (laughs) At least we get this old dead bear. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about that, but uh, we've now talked about a new type of bear on this show. All right. Check it off. For those those of you keeping score at home. (laughs) My next story is Space News. This is from CNET. Venus phosphine find. Unexplained gas hints at a potential for alien life. Say Venus phosphine find five times fast. Venus phosphine find. 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 Okay. Wow, you did it. That was that was good. Thanks. Never mind. <laughs> I actually practiced it before. No. <laughs> I didn't realize until I was saying it out loud how much of a tongue twister it is. Um... Yeah, so while aliens aren't confirmed just yet, some sort of alien microorganism is on the list of potential explanations for why a chemical that shouldn't be floating around above the planet has been observed there for the first time. Hmm. So basically they found this compound on Venus that's just like floating in the atmosphere and they're like, this shouldn't be able to exist by any project or process that we know of right now. Um, Yeah. So uh, the chemical is phosphine. Uh, or pH3, which is a compound made of phosphorus attached to three hydrogen atoms. If you 
couldn't figure that out from the chemical symbol. Uh, on, <laughs> on Earth, certain microbes that thrive in oxygen-free environments, such as at a sewage plant, are believed to produce the chemical. I, I'm confused that so by that. Funny I'm confused some... by that sentence because it's like oxygen-free environment. They give the example of a sewage plant, and then they say they're believed to produce the chemical. It's like surely we can test that. Yeah. Like, they're here, not on Venus. Like, we could test that right. here. Anyway, we could. Um, also, I don't know why that was so funny to me, just them <laughs> using a sewage plant as, like, an example. I don't know yeah. why. Uh, the gas is highly toxic to humans and smells like decaying fish. Which okay. I don't, again, don't really know how somebody would know that it smells like decaying fish if it's highly toxic to humans. I guess if you don't get enough of it. Anyway. Well, how toxic is it? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's, yeah. Toxic doesn't necessarily mean deadly, I guess. Right. Uh so this gas was identified in observations of Venus made through telescopes in Hawaii and Chile in 2017 and 2019. Specifically, phosphine was found about 33 to 39 miles above the surface of Venus, hmm. which is, interestingly enough, a region where the temperature and uh, pressure are comparable or comparable to the surface of Earth. So like at 33 miles above Venus, like the temperatures are actually pretty similar to the life-supporting temperatures of Earth. Hmm. Um, so, a team led by uh, Jane Greaves from Cardiff University and the University of Cambridge in the UK lays out the discovery in a paper published Monday in Nature Astronomy. Uh, they sought to explain the mysterious presence of pH 3 in the clouds, considering various atmospheric, chemical, and geological processes. Uh, lightning, volcanoes, the solar wind, and even meteors were investigated as possible sources, but none of them fit the observations that they were that they were making. So, basically, hmm. no obvious process is producing this. So, um, the paper reads: If no known chemical process can explain pH three within the upper atmosphere of Venus, then it must be produced by a process not previously considered plausible for Venusian <laughs> conditions. Venusian, yeah. The, I don't know. Uh, uh, this could be unknown photochemistry or geochemistry or possibly life. And then basically the rest of the article is just them being like, it's probably not aliens. But <laughs> here's all the reasons it could maybe be aliens, but it's probably not. So all that But just, they wanted like, to put it in the headline. Like they were saying, it's like, well, nothing would probably survive like like floating microbes up there would be unlikely to like stay in that like hospitable region for long enough to live. Um, but then people are like, well, maybe they like go into hibernation when they dry out and then they like float back up because of atmospheric processes and that like revives them or something, which is like not unheard of for certain bacteria. I think Hmm. we talked about the one that was in space that could like survive for eight years or whatever. Yeah. So it's a good point. Like there are possibilities, and like the biggest reason that people are wondering if it's life is because, um, like this this gas isn't supposed to last for long. It's supposed to be a short term thing that dissipates relatively quickly oh. and wouldn't survive kind of in the typical Venus atmosphere. So, like the only explanation is that it's being actively produced. Yeah. Hence, life or some process that we're just not familiar with. Um. So yeah, people are. Freaking out about this in the astronomy community. I mean, can you imagine if we found life on Venus of all places? Like, yeah, it just does not seem like the kind of right. place that anything should be living. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But it would also, if we found it on Venus, then I would 
be more curious about places like Mars or like certain moons in on other planets mm-hmm. where it just like it seems like it should be even easier for life to live there. Yes. But, yeah. I don't so know. if it's yeah, if it's surviving, if bacteria is surviving on Venus, then bacteria can probably also be surviving on Mars. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right? That's a very, very oversimplification right. <laughs> of like all of the science and astronomy and everything that yeah. goes into We're not thinking about this. Or but astrological biologists or whatever the term would be. Astrobiologist. <laughs> Astrobiologist. I don't know if that's real. That's but... like Mark Watney from the March- Martian. Okay. He's a he's a or he's a botanist. Sorry, that's a di- that's different. That's a botanist, not a biologist, but yeah. still astrobotanist. Astrobotanist. That's an exciting. That's an exciting title. I know. I want to find someone that has that title in real life and talk to that person. Okay, my next story is also space news. <laughs> I don't know how we, we have uh, mirroring topics. It's fun. Uh, this is from Forbes.com, and the headline is, Hotels.com launches site for space hotel bookings. Oh, no. <laughs> they launched this website. That seems, about a space hotel. That seems really premature. Yeah, a little bit. Is this bit. one of those like bad April Fool's jokes that like websites do? It's September, do? though. But I don't know. But time is all weird. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. No, it didn't seem like that. Yeah. It seemed serious. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll listen. So apparently it's National Aviation Week this week, or it was last week or something. Sure. So as part of that, Hotels.com um, decided to imagine what space hotels of the future might look like in an effort to raise awareness for the space tourism industry and the role that the company hopes to play in connecting prospective space tourists with the theoretical myriad of space hotel options we'll someday have to choose from. I'm just like, someday? When is that going to be? Yeah. When is that going to happen? It's going to be like... like- they're- a hundred years, maybe. Like, also, there are so many other things we need to worry about, like, down here before we worry yeah. about that. Like, like what? <laughs> who is going to a space hotel ever in the, yeah. in the any foreseeable future? I, have, I don't know. Uh, I guess some, but yeah. maybe someday. But. So they started a whole website, and it, they called it One Small Step for Hotels. Okay. Then, um, I hate this. So, <laughs> so um... I went there, and the whole thing is like, my, like, art, concept art, basically for all these things. That what would it be like in a space hotel? Okay, and it's just a whole page of that. And then, um, as part of the campaign, they're offering, um, they're offering a special contest um, for tw- that twenty people will win. Mm-hmm. If you have the name of a planet in your name, in your legal name, you can enter a contest to win a $250 gift certificate valid for stays on Earth at a normal hotel. Um, for some reason, as part of this website. <laughs> so okay, if you're listening to this and your name is Mercury, is it just Mavis, so- I didn't. Was it just solar system stuff, or is it any kind of celestial body? No, just it said the eight planets. Oh, so that's pretty limiting. Not even Pluto. Yeah, yeah. I don't it, think I've ever met anyone. Yeah, I'm gonna say like, is is Mark close enough to Mars? Probably not. Would Luna count? No, that's not a planet. 
Oh, I don't know if the moon, because that's the moon, so I don't know if the moon would count. If your name is Luna and you're listening to this, try entering it, because why not? If your name is Earth, um, definitely enter it, because Earth. that's the only good thing to come out of your name being Earth. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> this um, is a statement from Josh Belkin, the vice president of Global Brand at Hotels.com. Okay. Hotels.com is proud to already offer the best properties on planet Earth. The way things are going in 2020 inspired us to see if we can extend that offering to the entire galaxy. What? Galaxy? (laughs) Slow down. We can't even get into our own atmosphere. (laughs) We're just trying to get into our atmosphere. Like, what is he talking about? This announcement is our hope to encourage and move forward the concept of space tourism while revving up excitement for that aspect of the travel industry that is sure to come sometime in the near future. Is it? Is it? No. Yeah, he said near future. Or maybe it will, but it's going to be wildly inaccessible to the vast majority of us. It's going to cost like a billion dollars to like go to go for like for like a week, and then for what? Like you can't even do anything once you're up there. Yeah. Float around a little bit. That's going to get old after a couple days. I bet. Yeah, it's not like you can like leave the ship. You know, you're just (laughs) stuck. There's no activities. I mean, they might have they might have some like board games. Or like I could do something. board games on Earth and not spend a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. And the pieces right. won't float away. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. The I went to the the website, like I mentioned earlier, and the at the entry form for the contest at the bottom, they called it the GTFO Earth entry form. Like they're spinning it like the 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 intro to the website and this part kind of has this tone of like Get out everything's of here while te- you still can. Yeah, like everything's terrible on Earth right now. Why don't you get off the planet for a little while? Like it's like that, and it's just like what? Okay, I, uh, what is uh, this? Uh, uh, uh. So if you have a name with a planet in it, you could get two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, and I think you deserve to know that that opportunity is there. Yeah, so. and I think you should do it. Take advantage of this company for being weird. My next story is food news. <laughs> This is from CNN. Chuck E. Cheese wants to destroy 7 billion prize tickets. What? So you know, you know, you know Chuck yeah, E. Cheese. Yeah, I know Chuck E. Cheese. And you know how they have the tickets. Yeah. Okay. They want to destroy them. Why? <laughs> That's what I'm going to explain, Alex. That's so random. Uh, I just want to make sure you understood all the, all the elements yeah, of this headline. Yeah, um, I, did, I did say what, like I was confused, but, because I was confused, but. Yes, I have been to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, it's enough paper to fill 65 shipping containers, each 40 feet long, with tiny pieces of paper emblazoned with the image of the chain's mascot, a rat named Charles Entertainment Cheese. Um, you knew that, right? <laughs> that his middle name was Entertainment? I did not know that. Yeah. did not know that. I can't remember if that's actually true or if that's just something I heard somewhere before. Anyway... Um, And it would be enough tickets to cash in for $9 million in prizes. (laughs) Um, But soon enough, those tickets could be destroyed. The chain, (laughs) who's like... (laughs) This is such a funny story. It's a weird story. Uh, The chain, whose parent company filed for bankruptcy early this year... Earlier this year, uh, this week asked a bankruptcy court judge for permission to spend more than $2 million to purchase and destroy the tickets, 
which had been printed before the June bankruptcy filing, but were never actually delivered. So they were all printed, but like they were just like sitting in a warehouse somewhere, and they still had to purchase them, I guess. Um, okay. So even before the pandemic, the chain was shifting to e-tickets, which reduce wait times and cut overall costs. Have you been to an arcade that uses like the little, you get like a little plastic card? Like yeah. Like a credit card? Yeah. And then it, you like fill that yeah, up. Yeah, it's so instead. much easier. It made so much easier. So much easier. Um, so they were switching to that. Uh, and then when the pandemic hit, they obviously switched even faster. Um, but that meant that there were a bunch of tickets that they had had printed that they couldn't actually use. Um, under bankruptcy law, a company must seek court permission to spend money on anything, which I didn't know. It hmm. is interesting. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese's lawyers. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Chuck e. Are you imagining the mascot yes. <laughs> with the room full of yeah? Just like in the, in a courtroom. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese's lawyers argue that it is better to pay to destroy the tickets already produced than to risk having them fall into the hands of the general public. <laughs> just strange it is in, it, in its filing the company said the 2.3 million dollars it proposes to spend on the tickets is quote a cost which is far lower than the cost of the company should these prize tickets be circulated to the general public and presented for redemption so like i said it was like nine million dollars worth of prizes so it would cost them more if like the tickets were like i don't even know like, like sold at an estate like, sale or something like yeah I, I don't the they were printed and maybe the printing company could be like just hey uh, hey have these tickets <laughs> have like and then a weird people promotion. would redeem <laughs> where they just give out <laughs> tickets it's such a I just, weird story I've never did, like we can't risk these tickets falling <laughs> into the wrong hands we must who knows what a child could do <laughs> with 7 Who's billion trying? tickets <laughs> It's just funny. It just it's, is. It's yeah, pure so comedy. Okay. It's cheaper the, for them in the long run to buy and, and destroy of the destroy these tickets, which, yeah, it's pretty. So it's by pretty destroy, fun. did they say exactly what that meant? No. Like, I I'm hoping they that they're going to, like, recycle the paper and not just, like, light a dumpster <laughs> fire of the tickets. <laughs> that, that, does, that does feel more like the Chuck E. Cheese brand, doesn't it? <laughs> Maybe. Um, or maybe they'll wet them down and use it to make their pizza crust. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you something just so random, but just that I think is hilarious, but isn't exactly a negative on Chuck E. Cheese, but just funny. Um, one time when I was a child, my brother and I realized that like in all the commercials, everyone always calls Chuck E. Cheese Chucky. Like his first name is Chucky, but his first name isn't Chucky. It's Chuck. That's true. And we were at this, like, somebody's birthday party at a Chuck E. Cheese, and all these other kids were yelling, Chucky, Chucky. And we were like, no, that's not his name. We just started yelling, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck. And we thought it was the funniest thing ever because people were just looking at us weird, like, what are you doing? And we're like, that's his name. <laughs> in that, in that I'm, a, I'm a kid that's smarter than all these other kids kind of way. Like. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly that. It was like, obviously. Well, we're we're calling him his actual Charles, name. Charles, Charles, Charles. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I hope they can figure out what to do with those. 
and the tickets aren't stolen yeah. by a, a mob of children. I say they cut their losses and just throw them into, <laughs> drop them by airship or something. My third story is technology news. This is from Forbes.com, and the headline is, You can now buy a ticket to ride the world's first electric flying taxi. Just because. Is it like one of those weird, is it one of those loud drone things? Yes, except this model supposedly is quiet. Uh, But yes, that's exactly what it it. is. It's a giant (laughs) drone thing with like a cabin. Okay. So, here are some details on what's going on. The flying electric taxi, or this model at least, is being produced by the German company Volocopter. Which sounds like Velociraptor to me for some reason, but... Velocicopter. That'd be a better name. Velocic- yeah, why isn't it Velocicopter? But it's not. It's, it's Volocopter. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, they recently completed several successful test flights, and they decided to start selling like pre-sale tickets for when the thing is actually finished. Okay. Which is like, when is that going to be? We don't actually know. <laughs> Again... <laughs> Hypothetical in the future. You're buying a ticket for an undetermined time. Yep. The tickets cost $354. Too much. So it's too much. Yeah. And they're only selling a thousand of them. They're capping it. (laughs) (laughs) They're only, in your words, they're only willing to make (laughs) $354,000 at this time. Um, and then this article said you're probably going to have to wait around two years before you'll actually be able to like fly in this thing. But I feel like it might even be longer than that. We don't know. It's not ready to actually fly in it. They just completed right. some test flights and we're like, yay. And it, it, this <laughs> article didn't say... some test flights. <laughs> yeah, this, okay. This article didn't say this, but I bet that this also was part of the... If there's like an aviation week happening or something like that, it's probably part yeah. of that. So... It's avi- aviation week, which I'm only hearing about for the first time right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the idea of futuristic flying cabs that carry passengers short distances over urban areas has definitely picked up steam in recent years, according to this article. All electric zero emission vehicles, which I guess are called EVTOL, which stands for electric vertical takeoff and landing. Had you heard that before? I, think, I feel like Did we talk about I that. I feel like that acronym? acronym's come up before. Okay. Well, it's EVTOL. I don't know how to. It makes yeah. sense to say it that way. Ev tall vehicles. Okay. Um, they can hover, take off, and land vertically like helicopters, but they are based on drone technology and are much quieter and envir- environmentally friendlier hmm. than like helicopters. I think. Well, yeah, Heli- helicopters <laughs> are super loud, right? Uh, and supposedly, dozens of companies are working on models for this type of vehicle, including Boeing, Airbus, and Uber. Okay. Um, and the the whole point is that it's going to help with. Uh, or it's supposed to help with, like, traffic and pollution in congested cities, basically. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then it gives some tech specs on this thing. But basically the whole point of the article was like, are you really excited about this? You can spend over $300 to buy a ticket that maybe you can redeem in two years for a flight in one of these things. You can be one of the first person to fly in one. Hmm. Yeah. Well, if so, the tickets are 350 something dollars, it's not going to be sustainable as a taxi i feel <laughs> no i think that's for this like, I, yeah spe- it's for this introduction. they're gonna have flight. some type of like special event or special phase where they're like it's probably gonna in like a beta thing and they're gonna you're probably if you sign up for this you're probably one of the like tester people except they're not 
advertising yeah. it that way. They're just advertising like, be one of the first people to fly in this. You're like, signing some papers before you get in this thing. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But this is I'm one sure of those things where I just like, I don't want to be the first one. Yeah. I don't want to be in the first round of <laughs> Me these. Too. Give them a few years. Work out the kinks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even then, I'll probably still prefer a ground vehicle if it's an option. <laughs> Honestly, I probably will too because I would get so sick in these things. Probably, yeah, you you probably like, would. Oh, you, you get motion get sickness motion, really easy. Yeah, so probably not for me. I'm probably going to yeah. stay on the ground. Yeah. But I'm sure there's a lot of people that are really excited and totally would do this. All right, it's time for breaking news, the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. Ultra black. Ready, set, go. go! All right. Um, I'm just going to talk about. <laughs> I'm just going to talk about today. Um, Sony had uh, like their final PlayStation Five showcase. Yeah. Spectacular before the the PlayStation Five releases this year, um, where they finally announced the price. It's five hundred dollars for the regular one with the disc drive and 400 for the digital only version where you can only play games you download, which is probably a pretty good option for a lot of people. Cause I know personally, at least I download most of my games at this point. Mm-hmm. I just like having the disc drive for like, if for some reason I have a Blu-ray disc <laughs> in my house that I want to yeah. play. Um, they also announced the release date, which is November 12th um, of this year. Yeah. That's not too, that's, not yeah. too far away. Nope, less than two like months two at this months. point. Yeah. So, and they also... It's exciting. They also announced some new games that are coming out for it. Um, we got the first look at Final Fantasy sixteen, which is the next numbered Final Fantasy game. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like a... If you're familiar with the series, there's a ton of spinoffs and stuff too. Um, but it's a... It's a PlayStation 5 exclusive for now. I mean, they always say it's exclusive and then... It ends up coming out on everything else. Uh, <laughs> um, Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is like kind of a standalone, kind of a new game, or a kind of like an expansion to the last oh, okay. Spider-Man game. Is, I still is haven't be a played the title. last Spider-Man game. It's I need to. Really Everyone good. says it's so good. It's a really, really good game. It's really fun. I highly recommend it. Um, they announced a new Harry Potter game called Hogwarts Legacy, which basically looks like an open world like Skyrim-esque Harry Potter game where you go to Hogwarts in the 1800s and become a wizard. Yeah, and, I did see that trailer yeah. and like oh my goodness. It that looks, is like the game of my dreams. It looks really really good. If it's actually what it looks if like it, it is. Yeah, and the the trailer did seem to show like gameplay and stuff and I'm I'm hoping that's actually what the game is because if mm-hmm. it is it looks like every Harry Potter fan's dream. Yeah. Um Something about Call of Duty, Resident Evil, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, but the, I mean, the biggest, the biggest thing there was that they were, they finally announced what it's coming out, like, yeah. less than two months before it is, so. Okay, I found something on UPI, of course. <laughs> Headline is, Malaysian man's missing phone turns up loaded with monkey selfies. <laughs> <laughs> A Malaysian resident whose phone temporarily went missing said the device turned up in his yard loaded with new photos, including selfies snapped by a monkey. (laughs) That's incredible. Um, This person said he believes a monkey came into his house while he was asleep, took his phone outside, and then 
played with the device and like accidentally snapped selfie photos and videos of itself basically and then left the phone in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That's so good. It's like, what this is, is this? Is why you he just looks at your phone. And there's like, there's photos and like a video of of it too that he acts like the or the monkey accidentally took a video. So, I just I think this this picture of the up, upside down monkey face is probably the best. Yeah, it's probably its best work. The best work of that monkey. Right. Really that monkey cat. could be a photographer. Could be. I mean, yeah. they, they are. They that are monkey a is a photographer now. Okay, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And hey, while you're there, it's been a while since we've asked, why not leave a review? We love rating. to read your reviews. We love reading your reviews. We haven't seen one in a while. Yeah. So if somebody, if you, if, yeah. If you're listening, if you're listening, and you like us, and you haven't left a review, consider leaving one. Yeah. And if we you're do read them, and they're, you like them, and yeah. yeah. If you're listening and you don't like us, what are you doing? There's other <laughs> things you could. There's other things you could be doing right now, and you're listening to us instead. We appreciate it, but why? Anyway, <laughs> five stars only. And also tell your friends about us if you think that they would like us. Again, if they wouldn't like us, don't tell them that. Again, I don't feel like I should have to explain this. Anyway, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash news and on Twitter at, at news. And we have an Instagram account oh, now, yeah, everybody. That's we have true. an Instagram account. There's not a ton of content on there, but there will be. Yes. We're going to be posting stuff on there. So. Alex, Alex is curating content now. I am. And it is at news on there as well. Yep. Or if you, yeah, if you just search for news all one word you'll find us yep so follow us on instagram all right we'll see you next week bye Bye. and that's that okay diddly do diddly do